stand this morning and sing that song, Blessed Assurance. It's page 51 in your book. We'll sing all three verses this morning. Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine. Praise the Lord. Amen. Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine. that that is your story and that is your song, uh, praising your Savior all the day long. Well, it's good to have all of these children up here this morning, and I'm going to go ahead and pray and uh, stop talking so that they can do the talking. And uh, I appreciate these children. I love them very much and uh, appreciate all of our children's workers. Thank you all for uh, serving the Lord in this way and making a difference in these, uh, these little lives. Well, let's have a word of prayer, and uh, we'll continue with our service with these children. Lord, I thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you for the blessed assurance that you give us in Christ when we are in Christ. And Lord, if there's one here today that does not know for sure that they belong to you and that, uh, that you belong to them, I pray, Lord, that, uh, that that decision would be made for salvation today. And then, Lord, I pray that you would uh, bless these young Young people that are up here on the platform today, I pray that you would bless them, help them to walk into truth, and help them to share the truth with others. And uh, Lord, I pray that you would bless them as they do this presentation today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you. You may be seated, but not you children. You get to stay standing, all right? I'm going to sit down. 
Well, good morning. My name is Janelle McCornack, and I have the privilege of teaching the Busy Bee Sunday School class. And during Sunday school, we do the Kids for Truth Club. And it's a curriculum um, that we've been doing for the past year and a half, maybe two years now. And I have been teaching for the last year, and we have finished our first book. And so we're so excited to kind of show you guys what um, we are learning. And um, my class is going to give you a couple lessons from the last three sections. So each section has a theme, and there's 10 lessons in each one. So we're not going to go over all 30 of those <laughs> lessons with you this morning, but we do want to share a little bit so you can get a taste of what the kids are learning during Sunday school. And our first lesson was on Trinity. What does the word Trinity mean in relation to God? One person is one God. Three persons God. Who are the three persons of the Trinity? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Perfect. And then we learned about God's creation. How long did God take to create the world? Was there anything evil or bad about God's original creation? No. God's And then our next lessons were about God's view of you. Why did God create you? God What did God do to save sinners from their sin? He died God sent his son to die on the cross. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting Okay, my name is Clint Garrett. Uh, I get to work with the first graders through sixth graders. Uh, you can see that your kids are doing a really good job by all the patches and badges they've earned. Uh, uh, we've just finished three units, and they, they earn these patches and badges for participating in the lessons, for uh, working through the problems, doing their homework, also uh, their memory verses. They, they work really hard for these, and we're proud of them for, for doing that. And, and they're really proud of these, these sashes that they wear with these badges. I mean, you can just tell the when the kids talk about them, when they're putting them on and everything, uh, and just the look of them, they're just really proud of it, and they should be proud because they've, they've studied God's Word, they spent time in God's Word, and they just want to share that with you guys. So the last unit we just finished up was, was God's view of you. So they're just going to each uh, tell you a little bit about what they learned from each section in that unit, starting with Bella over here. Let me sneak behind you. And by the way, thank you for letting us work with them. <laughs> Lesson one is God made man from the dust of the earth. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Gen Genesis 2, 7, 8. And what this means to me is that God didn't need, to, need anything to make man from the dust of the earth. God made us in his own image. Genesis 1, 27a. 
God made man in his own image, in the image of God created he him. God made mankind to bring him glory. All nations whom thou hast made shall come and worship before thee, O Lord, and shall glorify thy name. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> God has a purpose for your life. I mean, lesson four, and God has a purpose for your life. Psalms eighty six twelve. I will praise thee, O Lord my God, with all my heart, and I will glorify thy name forevermore. God made God created Adam and Eve in this Psalms sixteen eleven B in thy presence is fullness of joy. Lesson six. All of all have sinned against God. Romans five twelve A. By by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin. What this means to me is once Adam and Eve sinned, everyone was born a sinner. God is never pleased with sin. Romans three twenty three for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Sin never has good good results. First Corinthians fifteen twenty two for Adam Adam all died, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. In lesson nine we learned about how God saves sinners. The verse that goes with this is John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. All of us need God to rescue us from our sins. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. Romans 7, 18a. We can go ahead and step off now, kids. Thank you all. Thanks again for... Isn't that just really cool? Amen. Let's all stand and turn to page number 29, or it'll be on the, the screens. This is my father's world. and trees and
Well, this time it's our privilege to have a baptism, and uh, today we have uh, one of the teenagers in our church getting baptized, Ms. Zoe Guzman is here, and uh, Zoe has been a blessing in our church for a long, long time, but uh, she had uh, made a profession of faith when she was at a previous church, um, but didn't quite understand all that she was doing in that decision, and so Uh, They recently, the teens did, uh, went to camp uh, back in July, so a couple months ago they went to Pensacola for a week at camp, and uh, the Lord really began to work in her heart, and uh, she realized that she had not really understood what she had done previously, and so uh, this couple weeks ago during camp, uh, she really realized what it means to be saved and what it means Uh, to place her faith in Jesus Christ. And so uh, she uh, made sure of her salvation uh, a couple weeks ago there uh, with uh, Brother Blake and Miss Kaylin and what a special time that was uh, for them. And so she has come today to uh, profess her faith in Jesus Christ publicly, uh, to identify with the Lord Jesus Christ in baptism. Uh, Baptism uh, does not save anybody. Um, Only uh, faith in Jesus Christ alone Uh, can save someone, Uh, but baptism is the next step for a believer uh, to show their faith in Jesus Christ and to follow Him in obedience in that. And so today she's come uh, to uh, identify with the Lord Jesus Christ in baptism. So Zoe, I'm going to ask you some questions, all right? These are questions we've already asked her, uh, but just so that it's public and so that everybody knows uh, what she believes. So, Zoe, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Yes. Do you believe that uh, He was born of the Virgin Mary? Yes. Do you believe that Jesus lived a perfect and sinless life? Yes. Do you believe that He died on the cross for your sins? Yes. Amen. Do you believe that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures? And are you trusting in Him and Him alone for your salvation? Yes. Amen. That's a wonderful profession. I want to read a verse here, Acts chapter number 2, and uh, verse number 41, after Peter preached, here's what it says in Acts chapter 2, verse 41. It says, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. So Zoe went to camp, she heard the word of God, and she received the word of God. And uh, she placed her faith in Christ, and now she's coming today to be baptized. And so I am very proud of you for making this decision, and I congratulate you for it. I'm going to give my Bible here over. And uh, on your profession of faith, it is my joy and privilege to baptize you, my sister. And so if you want to go ahead and uh, plug your nose there. And uh, buried with him in likeness of his death. Raised in likeness of his resurrection. Praise the Lord. Let's congratulate her on this decision. Amen. Well, it's a blessing. And if you're interested in being baptized, I would encourage you to let me know at the end of the service. And uh, we can set up a time where you too can follow the Lord in believer's baptism. Well, we're going to continue the service by standing together. We're going to sing, Great is Thy Faithfulness. And uh, Brother Randy is going to come lead us in that. Great is thy faithfulness, page 818.
standing if you would grab your Bible and uh, we're going to go ahead and read our scripture passage for the morning message. Galatians chapter 5 is where we'll be once again as we're making our way through these different aspects of the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians chapter number 5 and uh, verses 22 and 23 once again. I'm hoping that by the end of this all of us will have both of these verses committed to memory. Uh, Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. Galatians 5, 22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Lord, we thank you for what we've already seen and experienced in this service today. We thank you for these young people who have... Uh, learned your word and are understanding what your word is teaching. And uh, Lord, we do pray for their continued growth in all of those things that they're learning. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would, uh, and I also thank you, Lord, for Zoe getting baptized today. And Lord, I do pray for her as she uh, continues her uh, growth and, and journey with you. And uh, Lord, I pray that you would mightily use her for your honor and glory. Now, Lord, as we look into your word today, I pray that you would still our hearts and help us to focus on your word and your will for our lives. And uh, we thank you for allowing us to be here today in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. So a few weeks ago, we began this series through the fruit of the Spirit, and uh, we've uh, looked at most of these aspects of the fruit of the Spirit. We spent a whole week on love. We spent an entire Sunday on joy and then peace, and then long-suffering, gentleness. Last week, we looked at goodness, and today uh, we come to this idea of faith or faithfulness. And uh, we looked at, and we just sung a song a few moments ago, Great is Thy Faithfulness, and we'll be looking at God's faithfulness as well here in a few moments. Now, when I think of faithful, of the word faithful, a couple things come to my mind. First of all, uh, I think of uh, Yellowstone National Park. A little, year, two, a little over two years ago, our family visited uh, Yellowstone National Park, and we enjoyed seeing the, the beauty and the wonders of that uh, very special place. How many of you have been to Yellowstone National Park? Uh, several hands, um, and uh, you know what I'm talking about. Well, we saw bison while we were there. We saw deer. We saw waterfalls, we saw hot springs of a variety of different colors, we smelled sulfur. I guess that's why you go to Yellowstone, right, to smell sulfur, uh, but we got to do that. And then we got to see what over three million people go see every year, and that is Old Faithful. Now, one thing about Old Faithful is that it's not the tallest geyser in the world. In fact, it's not even the tallest geyser in the national park of Yellowstone. Uh, but what makes it so interesting and so fascinating and such a tourist attraction is the fact that it is so dependable and faithful. And so you can kind of go and, and uh, almost uh, use, your, you know, use Old Faithful to tell time. Um, and so that's why so many people go and visit 
uh, Old Faithful is because of how dependable it is. And when I also think of the word faithful, I also think of those who served in the Marine Corps. Because they have a slogan, which is Semper Fi, which simply means always faithful. And uh, I know, Brother Bryce, you served in the Marines, and uh, Miss Tammy, wherever you are, your husband served in the Marines. Anybody else serve in the Marines or your husband? I thought that those are the only two that I could think of. Um, And during our time in California, we were about 45 minutes away from Camp Pendleton, which was a a Marine base. And uh, as a result, we had several men in our church that had uh, served in the Marines. And and, uh, I I do think of uh, the Marine Corps when I think of the word faithful. But also, once again, as we've gone through this study, once again, ideally, when others in our lives think of the word faithful, ideally, they would think of us as well since this is a mark of a spirit-filled believer. So hopefully the people in my life, as they think of the word faithful, I I would hope that uh, as time goes on, they would think of me. And and, uh, the people in your life, as they think of the word faithful, I would hope that they would think of you, because this is uh, an aspect of the fruit of the Spirit. Now this morning we're going to do a brief Bible study about faith and faithfulness, And we're going to kind of use a similar outline as we've used previously as we've gone through these different uh, aspects of the fruit of the Spirit. So uh, some of this will sound familiar as far as the structure of the message. But number one, let's look at the explanation of faithfulness, the explanation of faithfulness. Uh, What does Paul mean here when he writes, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, and faith? What what does this word faith really mean here as he writes this word in this list of the fruit of the Spirit? Now, Galatians is where we're in this morning, Galatians chapter number 5. But in the book of Galatians, the word faith is mentioned in three different ways. In uh, chapter 1, Uh, It speaks about the faith in reference to the Christian gospel. If you look in chapter 1 and verse number 23, uh, Galatians chapter 1 and verse 23, it says, But they had heard only that he which persecuted us in times past now preacheth the faith which once he destroyed. So here as he talks about faith, he's talking about it kind of as a noun, as the Christian gospel that was uh, given to us, that we believe, that we believe on. Uh, in Jude 3, we are exhorted to earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. So as Paul mentions in chapter 1 here, he uses it as, a, uh, as something that uh, is a noun. It's, it's the gospel. It's what we believe. So it's the faith. It, that's, that's how he uses it in chapter 1. Well, in chapter 3, it talks about faith for salvation. It talks about having faith uh, in the Lord Jesus Christ in order to receive salvation. Uh, if you look in chapter 3 and verse number 26, uh, there's several references to this in chapter 3, by the way, but I'm just picking one. In chapter 3, verse 26, it says, For ye are all the children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. So if we have faith in Jesus Christ, we then can become the children of God. And so uh, this is something that we have in order uh, in Christ in order to be a believer. 
Well, in chapter 5, though, in our text, as he uh, writes through these lists of fruits of the Spirit here, the fruit of the Spirit, um, he lists faith as a fruit of the Spirit, and that means faithfulness in doing our Christian duties. It means fidelity, dependable, or dependability. It means reliable. It means carefully fulfilling promises. And so, uh, as he says the fruit of the Spirit here is faith, what he's talking about is the Holy Spirit's then able in our lives as we walk in Christ or abide in Christ and walk in the Spirit, he's able then to produce this fruit of the Spirit, faithfulness, which means that we're dependable, we're reliable, we're carefully fulfilling our promises, it's we're faithful in doing our Christian duties. And if you look at the progression that Paul makes here in, in Galatians, it, is, it, it makes sense. He goes from the faith, the gospel, to faith in that gospel, then to faithfulness uh, in carrying out that gospel and living the gospel. Because you see, uh, faith in Christ should produce faithfulness for Christ. Uh, let me say that one more time. Faith in Christ should produce Faithfulness for Christ. And faithfulness, of course, gives the idea that we stay at something despite the difficulties and challenges. I mean, it's easy to be faithful during times of comfort and convenience, but in reality, our faithfulness really only becomes faithfulness during times of adversity and difficulty. Right? Uh, Coming to church when you feel like it and it's exciting and wonderful... Uh, that, that, that's great, but it's a whole other thing when you don't feel like coming. And uh, perhaps you were like that this morning, going, I don't know, I don't really feel like going, but I am glad that you were faithful in spite of the adversity and the difficulty. And faithfulness will be tested in every one of our lives. And may the Holy Spirit produce this fruit in our lives as we submit to God's Word and His will in our lives. So that's the explanation of faithfulness, but I want us to see number two, and secondly, this morning, the example of faithfulness. As we've already given a couple examples, old faithful, um, the truth of the matter is, over time, the intervals between the, the geyser going off have changed and tweaked over time because of the different earthquakes that have happened. They have adjusted the interval, uh, the amount of time between the different uh, times the geyser goes off. So it is still Old Faithful, but it's not as consistent as it used to be. And it's not as, uh, the, the timing is different. So it's changed over the years. And the Marines, um, while everybody that I've known who has served in the, in the Marines has been faithful, There have been some, unfortunately, who have gone rogue. And see, there are some exceptions to their mantra, always faithful. But there are three examples of faithfulness that I want to share with you this morning that have no exceptions, that are completely and totally faithful. First of all, I want to share with you the fact that God is faithful. God is faithful. It's part of His nature. It's who He is. Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse number 9 says, Know therefore that the Lord thy God, He is God, the faithful 
God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. So God is faithful. And in Deuteronomy 7, 9, his title is the faithful God. Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 and 23 says, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Uh, and that's what the song that we sung just a few moments ago uh, was based on Lamentations chapter 3. And Jeremiah, as he wrote that, as he was thinking back to the fact that every morning God's mercies and compassions are made new. Every morning, great is thy faithfulness. You see, God is faithful. 1 John 1, 9, he is faithful to forgive us of our sins as believers. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Praise the Lord for his faithfulness in that. You see, you mean I can go to God multiple times a day and say, God, I sin. Will you please forgive me? Yes, God is faithful to forgive us every time we come into his presence and ask for his forgiveness. Praise the Lord for that. 2 Timothy 2 and verse 13 says, If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful. He cannot deny himself. I think of another verse that is comforting to me as a believer, 1 Corinthians 10 and verse number 13. Or Paul's writing to the church at Corinth, and he said this, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is, and here's that word again, faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape, that ye may be able to bear it. God says he's never going to tempt us more than we're able to, and God is faithful to keep his word in that. And that is a great comfort. This, is, this particular verse I'm about to share with you is hanging on my wall in my office. It's an encouragement to me as a preacher, as a pastor, as a, uh, someone in the ministry. Verse Timothy 5 and verse 24 says, Faithful is he that calleth you who will also do it. So I believe that God has called me to serve him uh, in full-time ministry, and, and he's called me to do that. And the Bible says, who will also do it? It's comforting to me to know that uh, he's called me, he's faithful. He's faithful not only to call me, but he's faithful to do it as well through me. I don't, it's not all on me, in other words. And uh, that's tremendously encouraging for me, that uh, God's taken the responsibility. I just need to be his willing servant and vessel. You see, the truth of the matter is, God was, is, and always will be faithful. And as a result, you can trust Him. He will never let anyone down, not even you. Uh, he has never let anyone down in the past, and He will never let anyone down in the future. So you can trust Him. He's faithful. So He's, of course, the ultimate example of faithfulness. But not only is God faithful, but God's Son is faithful as well. God's Son is faithful. Jesus Christ, as He uh, walked upon this earth, was faithful in the task He was given and the will of His Father that sent Him. Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 1, uh, the writer of Hebrews says, Consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to Him that appointed Him. 
So everything that God the Father had appointed God the Son to do, God the Son carried it out perfectly and completely and totally. He was faithful. Revelation chapter 1 and verse number 5, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth. You see, remember I said at the beginning of the message, you know, faithfulness really only becomes faithfulness during times of adversity and difficulty. No one experienced adversity and difficulty quite like the Lord Jesus did when he was here on this earth. No one was rejected quite like Jesus was. No one had the spiritual uh, struggle that Jesus did when he became my sin and yours. But he was faithful through it all. Philippians 2.8 puts it this way, And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So as Jesus was hanging there completely innocent, it wasn't like he said, well, you know, I did one little thing, so maybe I do deserve to be. He didn't deserve to be on that cross. I did, and so did you. But in spite of all of that difficulty and adversity, Jesus Christ was willing to be faithful. And because of his faithfulness, and because he was willing to go to that cross, and and to not call the 12 legions of angels to come and rescue him and to take him down from that cross, because he didn't lash out at the people who were crucifying him, because he didn't do any of that, you and I can be saved for all of eternity. Our eternal address can change from a horrible place called hell to a beautiful, wonderful, glorious place called heaven. Because of his faithfulness, he was faithful. Revelation chapter 19 and verse number 11. His name, by the way, is called faithful. Revelation 19 and verse 11. Listen to this verse. John writing here, and he said, And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. See, Jesus Christ is coming back one day, and he is going to be called faithful and true. So God's Son is faithful. But then I want us to see thirdly here, God's Word is faithful. God is faithful, God's Son is faithful, but so is God's Word. Psalm 119, verse number 89. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. This book is faithful, and you can trust it, and you should trust it. Psalm 119, verse 160. The psalmist said, Thy word is true from the very beginning, and every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. Jesus said in Matthew 24, in verse number 35, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. God's word is faithful. Cultures and people and circumstances change. They ebb and flow, but we have the eternal Word of God uh, that never changes. God's Word doesn't need to be updated. God's Word doesn't need to be revised. It doesn't need to be tweaked. It doesn't need to be made more relevant. It doesn't need to be added to. It doesn't need to be subtracted from, but it does need to be read. It does need to be trusted. It does need to be believed, and it does need to be lived. The Word of God is faithful, and you can trust it, and you should. 
So we see the example of faithfulness. God is faithful. God's Son is faithful. And God's Word is faithful. And all of these should propel us then to a life of faithfulness as well. But I want us to see number three here. Thirdly, the expression of faithfulness. Expression of faithfulness. 1 Corinthians 4 and verse number 2. Paul here writing again to the church at Corinth. And he said, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found successful. Wealthy. Popular. Famous. No, that's not what it says. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. We are never called to be successful or wealthy or famous, but we are called to be faithful. This is what is required. Okay, so since that is required of all of us, in what areas should we express faithfulness in our lives? I'm glad you asked. I'm glad I asked because I'm going to answer the question here. First of all, we need to be faithful to your Lord. Be faithful to your Lord. He was faithful to you. He was faithful to the will of God, and He, was, he is faithful. Therefore, uh, it's right for Him to require faithfulness from me. I need to be faithful to my Lord. In Revelation chapter 17, verse 14, I'm giving you a lot of references. So for those who are writing them down, you can look at these later. But Revelation 17, 14 says, These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them, for He is the Lord of lords and King of kings. And they that are with Him are called and chosen and faithful. Are you a faithful follower of the Lamb? We asked the question in our Sunday school class this morning, what will it take for you to stop being faithful to the Lord? What will it take for you to give up on God? What will it take? Aren't you glad, by the way, that Jesus never gave up on you? So why would we be willing to give up on Him? And and we need to be faithful to our Lord. We need to be faithful in our prayer life. Romans 12 and verse 12 said this, Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulations, continuing instant in prayer. Continuing in prayer. Well, he didn't answer my prayer today, so I'm just giving up, throwing in the white towel. No. Continuing instant in prayer. Be faithful to your Lord. 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 17 says, pray without, anybody know the last word there? Ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Again, well, he didn't answer my prayer this week. Pray without ceasing. One day, George Mueller began praying for five of his friends. After many months, one of them came to the Lord. Ten years later, two others were converted. And it took 25 years before the fourth man was saved. Mueller persevered in prayer until his death for the fifth friend. And throughout those 52 years, he never gave up hoping that he would accept Christ. And his faith was rewarded for soon after Mueller's funeral, the last one was saved. Here was a man who was faithful to the Lord in his prayer life. He didn't give up when times were tough. Don't give up on God. He didn't give up on you. So be faithful to your Lord. 
I would say, secondly, be faithful to your family. Be faithful to your family. For those of us who are married, do you remember your wedding vows? It was just over 20 years ago that my wife and I stood at Grace Bible Church in Citrus Heights. Is that where is she? She's there. She is Citrus Heights. Is that where it was? Citrus Heights. I was trying to think. It was Fair Oaks or Citrus Heights. Fair Oaks. See. Okay. See. Good. I'm glad I asked because um, you didn't know either. So, <laughs> Sacramento area, Northern California, Planet Earth. That's probably a safe one. Uh, we 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 said our wedding vows. Do, do you remember exactly every word that that you? said those day, that day? Probably not. But guess what? God remembers every word that you said that day. And I want to remind us that God takes our vows that we said on that wedding altar very seriously. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 and verse 4, he said this, Solomon did, When thou vowest a vow unto God, defer not to pay it. For he hath no pleasure in fools. Pay that which thou hast vowed. Better it is that thou shouldest not vow than thou shouldest vow and not pay. God says, you get up in front of God and all those witnesses and promise to love each other and to keep each other in sickness and health for richer, for poorer, till death you part. You, you promised that. God was listening, folks. God was listening. And he said, you better pay the vow that you promised to pay. God takes it very seriously. Proverbs chapter 5 and verse number 15. Solomon, again, the author of this, said this, Drink waters out of thine own cistern, and running waters out of thine own well. In other words, don't be looking over the fence. Don't be looking at anyone else to provide for your needs. If you're married, drink waters out of your own cistern and running waters out of your own well. Don't be looking elsewhere for your needs to be met emotionally, physically, spiritually. Look for your spouse to meet those needs. And uh, don't be looking elsewhere. I came across an article this week, and this was dated at the beginning of September of this year, and it announced that divorce rates have spiked in the United States during the coronavirus pandemic as couples have been stuck at home for months. The number of people looking for divorces was 34% higher from March through June compared to 2019, according to Legal Templates. This is a company that provides legal documents. They put out this article. The, com the combination of stress, unemployment, financial strain, death of loved ones, illness, homeschooling children, mental illness, and more has put a significant strain on relationships. The data showed that 31% of the couples admitted lockdown has caused irrepar irreparable damage to their relationships. How sad. And this is a sad state or a sad uh, statistic for those of us here in Oklahoma. States along the Bible Belt recorded the highest number of divorce rate according to the COVID-19 pandemic. And if you can go ahead and put that up there, including Arkansas and Alabama. 
And uh, so southern couples pursued divorce at two to three times the rate of other U.S. regions. And ladies and gentlemen, if you don't recognize this, we are in the South. I know uh, Oklahoma kind of has an identity crisis, not, suring, not sure what part of the country we're in. Are we in the South, Midwest? What are we in? Well, according to this, we're part of the South, and uh, we're part of that statistic. How sad. And uh, we're known as the Bible Belt. We're known as the Bible Believers. Uh, we're, we're known as people of faith. We're known as uh, people who uh, love the Bible and, and are Christians. And yet, we're two to three times the rate of divorce as other regions. Folks, we have lost this mentality of faithfulness in marriage and in our families. A.W. Tozer uh, wrote about a godly praying woman that he knew whose husband was a drunkard. And his stomach wouldn't hold down his food, so he used to come home after drinking with his clothes dirty clear to his feet. Just a disgusting mess. Well, she prayed and cleaned him off and put him to bed. When he woke up the next morning with a hangover, he'd, he'd promise her anything. But then he'd go out again with the boys and come home swaying from side to side, covered with all of his filth. And she'd go through the same thing all over again. She prayed for years for that man. And Tozer said, I don't know how the poor woman ever endured it, but she prayed on. She was one of those happy Christians, a little wisp of a woman, Tozer said. Well, one day her drunken husband came to church came down front, got down on his knees, and bawled like a drunkard balls, half self-pity and half something else. But God saved him. And he became a model Christian and lived for God for some years afterwards. And she walked around just as proud of him as an eagle that had hatched another eagle. She brought him to God, hatched that fellow out by prayer and patience and faithfulness. Tozer said, I suppose there were times when she heard him snoring in the corner in his drunken sleep and wished she'd never met him. I suppose there were times when she used to pity herself and say, God, how do you expect me to hang on? And God whispered in her heart, I'm faithful and I won't let you down. Well, the result was that not only did he get saved, but also a lot of the members of the family did too. And they'll be, heaven, they'll be in heaven with their parents one of these days because this lady was faithful. Now, again, I'm not saying that we need to be, uh, stay in a, in, a, in a physically abusive uh, situation. Um, don't misunderstand here, but, but here was a lady who was faithful uh, to the vows that she had in her marriage, and God did a great work because of it. When I think of mar- faithfulness in marriage, I also think of my father. Most of you know that my mom had cancer and she died at the age of 44. When she had cancer, uh, originally, um, everything was pretty normal, but then it came back after two years of remission. And when it came back, it came back with a vengeance. And really, my mom could really offer nothing for my dad. He could, she couldn't do anything for him, really. You know, my dad didn't jump ship and look for a better situation. Instead, he stayed by her side till death parted them. I'll never forget the fact that he held her hand as she took her last breath. 
before passing on into eternity. That was an example of faithfulness to me in my marriage. I want to be that faithful to my wife. That we stay together through thick and thin till death do us part. We are sadly missing faithfulness in, in family relationships in our day and age. And may the Lord help us to be faithful to our family, to our spouses. But then thirdly, I want us to see here, we need to be faithful to your workplace. Colossians chapter 3 and verses 22 and 23. Uh, Paul here is writing to this church at Colossae and he says to servants, Servants, obey in all things your master according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God, and whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. Too often there's uh, supervisor watchers, right? They, they, they watch for the supervisor to come in and then they look busy when the supervisor's there, you know, and then they leave and it's like, okay, time to relax, time to kick back, time to jump on the phone, time to check Facebook, time to do anything but work. But when the boss is there, then it's, oh, how are you doing, sir? I'm really busy here, I, but, but is there anything I can do to help you? Look, God wants us to be faithful in our workplace. To be, uh, look, if there's five people employed at your office or at your workplace and you're the only Christian, you better be the best worker there. Don't let those other people be more faithful than you. God wants us as believers to display and express this faithfulness in our workplace. So be faithful to our workplace. And God can use that testimony as well. And if we don't have that testimony, then it's a, it, our testimony is not going to be near as effective and near as powerful. So be faithful in our workplace. And then number four, be faithful in your church. You knew I was going to get there, didn't you? Be faithful in your church. I'm not getting there because this is what I believe. I'm getting there because this is what God says. Um, the church is, needs to be extremely important in all of our lives. Not because I, I'm not saying that because I'm the pastor and I want you here, although I do. Uh, I'm saying this because God's word teaches how important the house of God is in our lives. Uh, you think about a lot of these books of the New Testament. They were written to local New Testament churches. So a good chunk of the New Testament was written to churches. The church needs to be important in our lives. If God would spend a good chunk of the New Testament writing to them, uh, don't you think that they would be? it should be important in our lives? So be faithful in your church. How do we do that? Be faithful in your attendance. Be faithful in your attendance. Hebrews 10.25, a very familiar verse. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is. So evidently, back in those days, there were people, there were some who were forsaking the assembling of uh, the believers. They were forsaking, uh, forsaking the local church. And I don't know why they were. Maybe the weather's super nice, and we got to go out on the lake, or we got to go camping, and we got to do all of this. I'm not, I'm not against taking vacations and having, enjoying time, but together as family. But listen, uh, the church is important, so important to the Lord that His Son gave His life for it. He shed His blood for it. Certainly we could make it a priority in our schedule. 
And I know I'm preaching to the choir, so to speak, because you're here this morning. And I realize that there's some who cannot be here due to health reasons with COVID-19. I understand that. But there is also the idea of some who say, well, I got a hangnail today. I can't go to church. I stubbed my toe last night. I can't go to church. And I'm, I'm being facetious a little bit, but um, we do need to make church a priority in our lives. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and here it is, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Not so much the less, but so much the more. Uh, being more faithful as time goes on, not less faithful, uh, being more faithful in our attendance. See, the truth of the matter is, here at our church, I need you here. Why? Because I need you to sharpen me. But I need to be here so that I can sharpen you too. It's a two-way street. We both need to be here. So be faithful in your church attendance, but also be faithful in your ministry. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 21, Paul mentions a man by the name of uh, Tychius. He was a beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord. Would someone be able to write about you, that you are a beloved brother or beloved sister and faithful minister in the Lord? What a great thing to be to have said about you, that you were a faithful minister in the Lord. Colossians 1.7, here's another one uh, Paul writes about. You also learned of Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ. Would you be a faithful minister of Christ? I want to be. And uh, by the way, this isn't just for pastors. This is for every believer to be faithful ministers of Christ, to be faithful ministers in the Lord. Pastors are called to preach the word, to be instant, in season, out of season. By the way, that particular verse is on my wall too, and I need to remember that, that my responsibility is to preach the word and to be instant, in season, that means to be faithful when it's convenient and comfortable. When things are going well, when everybody likes me, or, or I feel like that, and out of season as well, in times when it's not so comfortable, when I'm preaching to just a camera because of a COVID-19 lockdown. Yeah, to preach the word in season, out of season. In other words, be faithful at your post and I need to be faithful in my post, and so do you. It was a stormy night in Birmingham, England, and Hudson Taylor was to speak at a meeting at the Severn Street schoolroom. Well, his hostess assured him that no one would attend on such a stormy night. But Hudson Taylor insisted on going still. He said, I must go even if there is no one but the doorkeeper, is what he said. Well, less than a dozen people showed up that night, but the meeting was marked with unusual spiritual power. Half of those present either became missionaries or gave their children as missionaries, and the rest were faithful supporters of the China Inland Mission for years to come. See, here was a preacher who was faithful, and he was willing to preach the word in season, out of season. Are you willing to be faithful, Christian, as you serve the Lord in season? And out of season? I hope the answer is yes. Luke 16 and verse number 10 says this, He that is faithful in that which is least 
is faithful also in much. You say, I don't really have a lot to do. You know, I, I just show up and I sing and I give. I mean, I, there's not, like, this church would be fine without me. No, we wouldn't be. Um, and you that are faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. Charles Spurgeon preached to thousands of people in London each Lord's Day. Yet he started his ministry by passing out tracts and teaching a Sunday school class as a teenager. When he began to give short addresses to the Sunday school, God blessed his ministry of the word. He was then invited to preach in obscure places in the countryside, and he used every opportunity to honor the Lord. He was faithful in those small things, and then God trusted him with the greater things. I am perfectly sure, Spurgeon said, that if I had not been willing to preach to those small gatherings of people in obscure country places, I should never have had the privilege of preaching to thousands of men and women in large buildings all over the land. Remember our Lord's rule, whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. You say, I don't have a huge ministry here. I mean, you know, I don't really do a lot around here. That, you know what? It doesn't matter. You do what God has laid upon your heart, and then you be faithful in that, and God will bless, and God will uh, give you more potentially in the future. Because he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. So the expression of our faithfulness. But then I want us to see quickly and fourthly this morning the examination of faithfulness. The examination of faithfulness. And for this, we're going to turn to Matthew 25. And I would invite you to turn with me as we look at this passage of Scripture. Matthew 25. And let's pick it up in verse number 14. Matthew 25, verse 14, Jesus speaking here. And he said in verse 14, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country, who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. And he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. So he that had received the five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, Thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. And his Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and... What's that next word? Faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. You see, here he gave three different servants... Three different amounts of talents. And as we look across the room this morning, look, God's given us a different amount of talents, different types of uh, talents and abilities and opportunities and skills and uh, strengths. And he's, he's given it differently to everybody. But he expects faithfulness with the things that he's given us. And one day he is going to hold us accountable for 
all the opportunities, all the talents, all the abilities that he's given us, there is an examination day coming. Verse number 19, after a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. After a long time, the Lord is going to come back and hold us accountable for the talents that he's given us, the opportunities that he's given us. And we're going to have to answer and be accountable for all of those things. So the question for all of us is this morning, will God say, well done, thou good and faithful servant to you? I sure hope the answer is yes. There was one who was not faithful, and you do not want to experience what he had to deal with. Paul Paul said at the end of his life, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. In other words, I've been faithful. I can't help but think that as Paul entered into the gates of heaven, as he was martyred for the faith that God said to Paul, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. I hope he says that to me, and I hope he says that to you as well. Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, asked this question in Proverbs 20 in verse number 6. He said, most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness. Most people will go around broadcasting how wonderful they are and, uh, you know, putting it out there on social media and putting it out there on, uh, you know, just in their daily conversation. I'm wonderful. I'm really great. I'm good. He said, most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find. He said, everyone going around talking about how wonderful they are, they're a dime a dozen. Everybody does that. But to really find someone who's faithful, now that's a rare thing. Who can find one of those? I hope and pray that Today, as the Lord Jesus looks down at Cornerstone Baptist Church, that he would find several of us who would be faithful. Where he doesn't say, most men will proclaim He says, I found a bunch of faithful people here at Cornerstone Baptist Church in Moore, Oklahoma. But it will only be so. It will only be true if we have been saved, if we're abiding in Christ, and we're walking in the Spirit. And when we are, then he produces the fruit of the Spirit. And part of that fruit is this idea of faithfulness. And uh, so I want to encourage you today, if you are here and you've never been born again, you've never trusted Christ as your personal Savior, to make the greatest decision of your life. By the way, the most important decision of your entire life. The decision to place your faith in Jesus Christ and Him alone for your salvation. For those of us who have, let's keep abiding in Christ. Let's keep walking in the Spirit and allowing the Spirit of God to have His will and way in each of our lives. And with that, let's have a word of prayer together today. Lord, we thank You for Your Word that is faithful. We thank You for Your faithfulness, Lord. And we thank You for the faithfulness of the Son of God who was faithful in spite of tremendous adversity facing the cross of Calvary and becoming my sin and all the sins of the world and tasting the wrath of God that was meant for all of us. Lord, I thank you for being so faithful. And Lord, may that produce in me a faithfulness for you. Help me to be faithful to you. Help me to be faithful to my family. Help me to be faithful in my workplace. Help me to be faithful in my church. Help me to be faithful, Lord. 
Because one day you're going to come and hold me accountable for the opportunities, for the talents and the abilities that you've given me. So help me to be a good steward, to be a, be a faithful steward of those things that you have given me. And Lord, I pray that you would produce this, spirit, this fruit in my life, and I pray the same for each one that's here today. And Lord, I also want to pray for the one or two in here today that may not know for sure that they're a Christian and they haven't yet placed their faith in you alone for their salvation. May they come to Christ today before it's eternally too late. I pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. I'm going to ask uh, Miss Pat to go ahead and play through that first verse of the next song. And, uh, and as she does, I do want to invite you to have a, a time of prayer there in your seat. Uh, I imagine the Lord, the Lord didn't just use this message just so that I could speak to you. I, I believe that the Lord spoke through this. If the Lord spoke to your heart, here's an opportunity for you to speak back to Him. Uh, perhaps some decisions that you need to make. And then if you're here today and you're not a Christian... I want to encourage you at the end of the service to come and meet me and, and, uh, and, and, and say, Pastor, I'm not sure I'm a Christian, but I'd like to know. I'd be glad to set up a time with you and, and go through the Word of God, not my words, but God's words on how you can know for sure that Christ is your Savior, that your sins are forgiven, and that your home is in heaven. And I'd love to take a time to do that. So um, I'm going to go ahead and be quiet right now and let Miss Pat play and uh, let you have a time of prayer there in your seat, and we'll continue our service here in a moment. And let's go ahead and sing that verse together with uh, Brother Randy as he leads it today. That song kind of goes along with the point on being faithful in praying, doesn't it? And uh, let's, let's be faithful to pray. Speaking of prayer, I um, do want to encourage you to continue praying for Miss Connie. Um, she had her treatment on uh, her first big treatment on Thursday, and it was a long one. Uh, but uh, she was feeling pretty good on Friday, but uh, it's going to start 
she's going to start feeling it a little bit here in the next couple weeks. So continue to pray for her. Continue to pray that uh, the Lord would uh, remove this cancer through this treatment and that uh, the Lord would grant them wisdom and strength through this and comfort. Um, she did send a, a note. I read it on, on Wednesday night, but I want to read it again uh, today because some didn't get a chance to hear it. Uh, but she says, The kindness of others is a genuine reflection of the kindness of God. Thank you. She says, Pastor and church, Doyle and I are so grateful for all the cards from our church and our church family. Thank you uh, for all the thoughts and prayers. This journey has just begun, so please continue to pray for complete healing. May God forever bless you all. Love Connie and Doyle. And uh, so we sure love them. And uh, if you guys are watching, we love you very much. And we're going to keep praying for you. The Lord's, gonna, the Lord's got this, doesn't he? And uh, well, we're, we're, gonna, we're standing with you. And well, we're kneeling with you. How about that? We're kneeling with you in prayer. And so I do want to encourage you on that. Um, we didn't get a chance to do our mo- monthly memory verse uh, because the order of service was a little different today. Uh, but uh, let's go ahead and uh, do that together. Um, does anybody have it memorized? Would like to would like to say it. All right, Miss Addie and Mr. Mason. Good. We'll start with Addie. Perfectly done. Excellent. That's a hard act to follow, but I believe in you. <laughs> Boom. Drop the mic. Good job. Okay, here we go. Yes, good job. All right, no way. Here we go. Great. Who's your dad? I just got to know. <laughs> good kids there. All right, anybody else? All right, great. Well, let's go ahead and say it all together here. Ready, begin. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. Psalm 119.2. Great. Okay, a couple quick announcements uh, before we're dismissed. Um, I want to mention the evening service tonight at 5 o'clock. Uh, we're continuing our series, the Romans 828 man. A few more messages left in there. There's still a lot of good stuff that I don't want to just skip over. So uh, I'm excited to share with you the message tonight, uh, 5 o'clock. Looking forward to that. And then uh, Wednesday night, midweek service, uh, normal midweek service on that one. And then Saturday, we have a couple things. We do have a youth activity. Brother Blake's, I think, been in contact with uh, those that that applies to. And then the gap activity at Alfredo's. This is for uh, anybody uh, ages 30 to 55. They're the gracefully aging people. Um, and uh, so that's me. I guess I'm gracefully, I'm, I'm, I'm aging, but I'm doing it gracefully, evidently. Um, but anyway, this group is a meeting at Alfredo's Mexican Cafe and more this coming Saturday at 6 o'clock. And uh, we do have a sign-up sheet there to let us know how many are coming. So if you can sign up for that, that would be a blessing. And then this coming, uh, a week from today, is our fourth Sunday fellowship meal. Typically we do a fifth Sunday fellowship meal, but uh, we're changing it to fourth for this month. And uh, so after church next Sunday morning, we'll have a meal provided for everybody. Everybody's welcome to stay. There'll be plenty of food. And you don't need to bring anything, and it'll all be here prepared for you. And uh, the teens will be serving that, and that'll be great. And then we'll not have an evening service uh, next Sunday, but we will have a little devotional after the, after the meal. And uh, there's some other things happening here. You can kind of look at the calendar. But uh, I think that's all the announcements. Am I forgetting anything? I think that might be it. Um, let's go ahead and stand together. We'll be dismissed in a word of prayer. And uh, 
We do have a, if you're a guest here today, we do have a special gift that we'd like to give you. And uh, Mrs. Johnson, if you can make sure that we have a couple of those ready, uh, that'd be great. And uh, come by and meet us. If you are visiting with us, we'll make sure you get a special little gift to thank you for coming. And uh, really glad that you all came today and uh, looking forward to a good service tonight. But uh, have a blessed day. And if I don't see you tonight, have a great week. And if there's anything I can do for you, please don't hesitate to ask. And, oh, we have the pictures from Grandparents' Day. If you haven't picked those up, uh, we have they turned out really nice, and they are over on the table to the left. So, all right, uh, Brother Bob Moody, would you mind uh, dismissing us in a word of prayer?